Welcome to the Slow Living Collective podcast. I'm Amy, wife, mother of two and homemaker. Come along with me as I share my love for simple living, growing in my allotment garden, diving into what it means to be an urban homesteader and embracing life as a mother and homemaker. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Slow Living Collective. I am so excited to have you here today and today we're going to be talking about finances and debt and how you can live this more simple life, nothing to do with the cost of it, but how you can simplify your finances as well as simplifying your whole life. And I want to preface it obviously by we're all in different financial situations and this is just you know just general advice it's not financial advice it's just a chat about driving down debt and simplifying our finances so let's get going now i'm going to go ahead and make a really big sweeping statement here so forgive me if i'm totally wrong but if you're here if you're listening to this podcast about a simple life I am going to assume that there is something you are looking for uh, or something that has been calling to you and I think it's probably a bit more than just decluttering Um, and it's okay, it's okay if you're literally here for my small home living decluttering talk, I'm here for that as well but for many of us this simplifying our lives across our whole lives is a way of life and living with less goes far beyond just getting rid of a bit of stuff around our homes. And so I wanted to talk about finances and I know it's a difficult subject area and it's one that I, I'm never sure whether to discuss or not. I'm not overly comfortable with it either if I'm honest, especially in what is the middle of a cost of living crisis. But the financial trap is something that I feel is a really important aspect of living a more intentional way of life. But also, when we create healthier finances, then we are able to go some way into creating and living this life that feels right. Now, I know that we're not all going to be in the same place financially, and I also appreciate that I come from a place of privilege too, so I just want to be really mindful of everyone's individual circumstances. There are so many different ways that we can start to declutter our finances just as much as we declutter our homes, and it's going to start with just a few simple things. Listen, we're living in a time of just exponentially rising costs and I think we're all seeing it and all feeling it, um, whether it be food costs, energy prices and just so much more. So I just want to preface it and say, take what works, leave what doesn't. We are all in a different place financially and yeah, I think that's probably all I need to say on that. So how can we create healthier finances? I have some tips on trying to create healthier finances and I wouldn't say that my finances are like the healthiest of the healthiest, right? But I work really hard in trying to get them healthy. And so I just wanted to share some things that 
um, I have found on this little simple living journey. Um, and some things will work for you, some things that won't, some things will, won't even be applicable to you. So like I said, take what works, leave what doesn't. And yeah, let's dive in. So um, one of the things that we um, were able to do this year, last year actually, now um was to look for a better mortgage deal we are in such a tricky situation i've mentioned before that we had our cladding removed and it wasn't replaced it's subject to a whole legal hoo-ha so i try not to go into too much detail but because of that we were for a period of time unable to remortgage with a different mortgage company um that would still be the case today we still as i'm recording this episode don't have cladding on our building we are at least moving in the right direction so there's that but looking for a better mortgage deal if you are able and so I actually wasn't able I wasn't able to do that because because of the degradation to our building because of you know the decisions that were made over our cladding that maybe weren't correct we weren't able to remortgage when our deal ended and so we faced rolling onto variable now this was early 2022 before there was interest rate rise like we're seeing today and i was just so incredibly grateful that Although we weren't able to remortgage with a different provider, we actually did go to our current provider um, at the time and they were actually happy to give us another deal. And so it wasn't as good as a deal with somebody else. It was just a few points different. Um, you know, I think the the percentage we were going for at the time was like 1.89 or something. And this was like... 2.02 .02 or something so it was just sort of marginally different um you know in terms of interest it's I, I probably don't even want to know what that difference is but it's far better than where we would be if we had had to stay on the variable rate um i thank my lucky stars every single day <laughs> that we were able to do that because we would have been in a real sticky wicket if we hadn't been able to remortgage um, and fix our deal for a short period of time. So if you aren't in a fixed term mortgage and you, you know, you have a mortgage on your home, then you might be able to find a better deal which might bring down your monthly payments. I don't know at the moment, to be honest. That is just a general tip for um, where I was this time last year. And so I still, um, like, you know, I recommend that if you are able I don't really know the best place to find out this information is obviously a financial advisor mortgage advisor they'd be able to advise you better but um you know with interest rates continuing to rise at the moment I oh I just feel incredibly grateful that we were able because actually there are lots of people who are in the same situation in terms of cladding and stuff who they can't even remortgage with their current providers they literally just have to go onto a variable which is wild uh, and then you know you're just then subject to the rises so just grateful we were able to do that at the time I was like ah, I can't believe we're not going to get that mortgage you know because everything checks out fine and it's literally because we have no cladding on the building that you know 
we couldn't get the mortgage we wanted. It worked out for the best. It did work out for the best. And isn't that always the way? Me and my mum say this all the time. Like, you might not think that it's going the way you like you wanted it to, but it does generally work out the way that it's supposed to. So, yeah, that's my first tip. If you are able, look for a better mortgage deal. Now, another way to sort of tackle your finances, if you have debt, is the debt snowball. Now, this isn't a me idea or a new idea, but it is a good idea. So the debt snowball is a great way to pay down debt if you have any. And it generally works. You can look it up online. I think, is it Dave Ramsey who did the snowball? I don't know if he was the first person who created the idea of the snowball of debt. But basically, it works by first ensuring that you put a thousand pounds aside in an emergency fund. So, however long it takes you to save up a thousand pounds for an emergency fund, that's how long it takes you. And then you list your debts from smallest to largest and you start paying more than the minimum payment on the first one, on the lowest one, and the minimum payments for everything else. Then every time you pay something off, so once you've paid that smallest debt off, so let's say you have three credit cards, and you have 3,000 on one, 5,000 on another, and 10,000 on another. Um, and you pay 30 on the first one, 50 on the second one, 100 on the third, just to make it easy. So you would pay, so you'd have 30 pounds on the first one, 50 pounds you're paying for the second one, 100 pounds you're paying for the third one every month. So let's say you can pay 50 off of the first one. So you pay, instead of paying the minimum payment of 30, you pay £50 a month. So you're putting an extra £20 a month towards that debt. And obviously, we know that debt compounds. So um, when it, you know, when it's going up, it's compound interest. And so by paying off more, you will be getting less interest and slowly working your way off the balance. Now, when you have paid off that smallest debt, you roll that monthly payment into the next debt payment and pay off more. So you started off by paying 30 pounds. So you were paying 30 pounds, 50 pounds and 100 pounds on your credit cards. But you decided actually you would pay 50 off of the the £30 one. So you've been paying £50 a month on that, you've been paying £50 a month on the one that requires 50 and 100 on the one that requires 100 So when you finished paying off that first one and that £50 a month that you've been paying, you then roll it into the next debt payment. So now you're going to be paying off your credit card, the one that had £5,000 on it, that you've been paying a minimum payment of £50 on. And you're adding the £50 that you've been paying on your other card. So you're actually paying £100 off that card and £100 for the minimum payment on the other. You pay that until you've paid off the balance and then you're left with a free £100 a month. So what do you do? you roll it into the next one. So you're paying your final credit card off, your £10,000 balance that's £100 a month. And, you know, uh, then you can pay £200 a month because you have the £100 from the ones that you've been paying. You roll that in to the other 100 that you're already paying and now you're paying 200 a month. Each time a debt is paid, you are applying more to the next one. So I definitely recommend looking it up online. I, I, that was just a very simplistic way of explaining it, but it, you just roll your debts 
into the next one every time you finish paying it off and therefore you are paying more than the minimum payment every time and eventually you will be debt free eventually um so yeah check out the debt snowball online there's so much information out there um, from so many different people i really do recommend giving it a go if you have any debt and just yeah just start paying if you can pay just a little more than minimum payments you will be starting to make at least some progress now as i mentioned as part of the the debt snowball having an emergency fund is a good way to have healthy finances it's it's just a just in case life always surprises us with something when we can't afford it so having a fund you can dip into goes a little way to make you feel like you have a backup I know this isn't going to be suitable for everyone you know some people are just trying to make ends meet and there isn't any spare money um, but if you are able to just put a little bit, it doesn't have to be the thousand pounds from the debt snowball, right? Anything, anything that you can put aside can go some way to help you if you need it. And um, I guess I want to kind of put in, uh, I don't know if it fits here or not, but something we do as well for healthier finances is have a sinking fund. And that is so all those little things that you pay like once throughout the year. So, for example, we always pay our car insurance as a lump sum rather than as a month than a monthly payment. We've just always done it that way. And what always happens is April rolls around and then we're like, ah, we need to find 300 pounds because we need to pay the car insurance. And it catches us off guard every single year. You would think after having driven for so long that I might have figured it out by now. Well, I guess I have, but um, yeah, only recently, only really, really recently. So basically, a sinking fund is all those things that are those one-off things that you don't necessarily budget for. So I am actually someone who actually likes to see a physical budget on a page. We have a shared Google Sheets budget which has you know all of our monthly outgoings and I can see what we're paying how much money is like free money at the end of the month so basically how much money we have that we could spend on that's not accounted for so it's not anything it is absolutely just free money not free money but you know it's not we don't have to save it for anything, it's not to go to food, everything, I budget everything, absolutely everything and I really feel like that is a good good tip for healthier finances is actually to know what is going on and um, be just really aware of what is going on in your bank account, whether you know there's a lot or a little in there, it's good to know, I like to know that what I have extra at the end well not at the end of the month but to use through the month I I just couldn't personally just willy-nilly spend out of my bank account not knowing how much I actually have to spend because you know I have some things that go out later in the month and um yeah I just no <laughs> I have to know the exact number of what I have to spend in a month and therefore I can track it and I like that so anyway back to the sinking fund 
something we do every month is put away a certain amount of money and that is basically all of the things that we pay for in the course of a year and that honestly is everything so it is like the car tax the car insurance the MOT those sorts of things that we only pay you know once a year we also have things like birthdays and Christmas. I actually just went ahead and actually opened my spreadsheet so I could actually see the things I, I pay for. So yeah, like I said, car tax, car insurance, MOT. We pay for Amazon Prime. Um, you know, I know some people have lots of feelings about Amazon, but I do pay for Amazon Prime. We pay for insurance for um, our wedding rings, my engagement ring, my eternity ring. We are members of um, a local heritage society, so we pay for that. We budget for um, a summer holiday and an autumn holiday. We also budget for birthdays and Christmas, and so uh, oh, and also like the running of um, like the hosting for my website and things like that. Um, so we budget for those things, so I know how much that costs in total for the year, and then how much therefore we need to put into savings every month to be able to afford that um, when they come up and so the idea is that you have sort of like this ever moving pot that when you need to for example pay for car insurance you just take the money and it's already there so having that sinking fund is really 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 helpful um, and like I said having a spreadsheet with your budget on is also really helpful so um, because I've got it up, you know, I have things in here like all of our utilities. So everything that is like a non-negotiable mortgage, electricity, our mobile phones, internet, the management fee that we pay because we are a leasehold property. So we have to pay a management fee, um, our council tax costs, the insurance for our white goods that we have, then how much it costs for our cat food because we we purchase um, a special cat food for her, how much we roughly expect to purchase in fuel in a month, how much we budget for our shopping, then we have things like all of our insurances, so we have our life insurance and we have the insurance for our cat. I am self-employed so I pay into a private pension so I budget uh, a small amount for that and then you know I have what it costs to run you know my my website and stuff is budgeted in as well I have a few things that I pay for monthly then we have things that we are saving for so we have our sinking fund and we're currently saving to hopefully move house um, and then luxuries and the only thing we have in luxuries is Netflix at the moment and I'm actually thinking about getting rid of it so um and then I can add all of these things up um, you know, I can add what raised salary is and what my blog brings in and then I can take away all these little bits that we pay out and then I can see how much we have left at the end of paying all of that, how much money we have to do anything, anything extra. Um, and so yeah, it's um, it's I find it a really, really good way of just being more healthy with our finances because you know there's never really a time you know we're not perfect but there's never really a time therefore where I'm like oh we spent too much um because I, I've always got a rough idea of, of where we're at and it's something I keep an eye on a little more than my husband does but um that's just because it's just my thing 
and I love it and I really really enjoy just sort of seeing where we can cut things out and save and things like that because that's my love language honestly <laughs> money is a little bit my love language and um, that leads us nicely onto cutting subscriptions that you don't use so I am 100% guilty of this about letting a subscription run and run even when you aren't using it so guilty of it um, it might only be a few pounds a month but if you aren't using it then get rid of it that money would be so much better served in your savings your emergency funds sinking funds paying off debt um, you know or just buying something that you want because you know what it doesn't always have to be doom and gloom in the spending department <laughs> um, but also another good thing to do um, that I often do is look for cashback debit or credit cards now my um, debit card on our joint account we actually can get cashback at certain retailers so if we we've purchased from like Amazon fresh before and we'll get like a five percent cashback I'm with Halifax and so um, that's always like an ever-moving thing you just have to go and check and if it's somebody I mean I never purchase anything just because I'm going to get cash back for it but if it's something that I use anyway then that's fine so I have um, an audible subscription so there's been times when you know if you sign up to audible and I come and go from audible so if I sign up you get like 20% cash back or there's been like Kindle Unlimited they've done that on so you just have to go and check and see what deals they have and I think they tailor them to your spending habits and um, because me and my mum have always have very different ones um so yeah it's worth checking that out it's probably connected to your card but I'm not 100% sure but if you you can find that on credit cards as well I don't obviously not going to endorse using a credit card but um you can get cashback debit cards my Halifax one is one of those um and so yeah you can um you know you can find cashback deals and then you'll be rewarded financially for spending as you normally would so you just get like a little bit of extra money in cashback and I love a bit of free money and staying on the theme of bank accounts something we also have on our Halifax account is save the change I don't know if this is something that every um, banking provider does but it allows you to turn on save the change which means when you spend something on your card they round up the cost um, and then they just pop the change into your savings account so for example if you purchase a coffee for 355 four pound might leave your bank and the 45p was then deposited in your savings account and it's only a small amount but you wouldn't believe how quickly it builds up over time um, this is something that I actually have set to be on on my bank account and I find it really does build up so but it is an optional service so I only recommend doing it if it's going to be affordable to you otherwise you're going to be constantly moving money back and forth all over the place and so I don't really feel like um, I can talk about finances without talking about the endorphin high we get when we spend this one is definitely uh, something to uh, attribute to living with less and if we want to live with less, then we have to stop buying more. Otherwise, we're going to get always caught in this cycle of where we own too much and then we need to get rid of it and then we fill it up again and then we have to declutter again. And it's just this constant cycle. 
Um, what good is clearing out, decluttering, and making a minimal home in minimal spaces if we're just going to fill it up again? Our decluttering problem is an overconsumption problem. So only buy what you need. And, and that's going to be a very good way to start overcoming not only the issues of living with less, but also not spending extra money, which is going to keep your finances a little healthier. Another good one is to analyse your finances and see where you might be spending recklessly. But Listen, again, everyone is different, so take a look at your own personal finances. And if you feel like there's an area you're spending recklessly or that you don't get anything from it, then cut it out. I mentioned earlier Netflix. I don't really use Netflix a lot. So we, we, ha we have a t physical television. We don't watch um, regular TV. We don't watch live TV. We don't have a TV license. We only Because you don't have to have a TV license if you only stream, and we only stream. Um, we obviously, be, I, I've said that we pay for Amazon Prime and so we don't, we, we get Amazon, like we get Prime Video as part of that. So I'm not really using, I just don't see the point in paying for two services. Now I know some people have got like Now TV, Netflix, Prime Video and uh, Disney Plus, but that's not for me. We don't watch a lot of television. The kids generally don't have screen time Monday to Friday and so I just feel like paying for, for something twice is just it's just no point so um, I'm thinking about getting rid of Netflix um, because I don't feel like I get anything from it and there's nothing I really want to watch on it anymore so obviously everyone has different priorities so this will be something that only you can do looking at your own finances and another important one, don't forget to enjoy yourself. Money is so contentious and do you know what? We all work really hard for it. Um, all it is is just being a little more mindful and, and it's not about spending nothing. It's just being a bit more mindful and just creating healthier finances. So enjoy yourself. Do the things you love, but just do it with a little more intention and I promise you'll start to feel a little more happier. And before I close out these little tips, I'm going to add this one in. Don't join get rich quick schemes. Like I talk about this a lot, but network marketing, multi-level marketing, they are not the way to earn money for the masses. Now, I've said this before in previous episodes, please go and check out my multi-level marketing episodes. But as per the FTC, on average, only 0.4% of people ever make money, which means 99.6% of people either don't make money or they lose money. I fell for one, please don't make the same mistake as I did. Listen guys, talking finances can be so tricky, but I hope some of these tips really help you think about some ideas you can start taking action on today. All of our finances are different, only you know what of these tips is going to be helpful to you, but yeah, just just take some of these, the ones that work for you, and have a think about how you can find ways to create healthier finances. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Whew, finances is always a tricky one, and you know, I never want to come across as like I know everything. I certainly don't. I am just a girl figuring it out myself. I'm nearly 40, I'm probably more than that now. But anyway, regardless. 
I am just figuring it out and finding out what works for me and just sharing the things that I have found that work and hopefully you know, they might work for you as well. So thank you again so much for listening. I will catch you in the next one. But until then, come follow me over on Instagram. You can find me there at lifeonplot44. You can also find me over on the blog, which is theslowlivingcollective.com. I cannot wait to see you there. And until next time, I guess just, yeah, just delve into those finances and see what will work for you. Until next time, guys, have a good one.